Hey, what up, Long Beach? I'm JJ, he's Mike, and he's Tyler, and we're the 562.organizing some actual sports coverage. <laughs> Believe it? Every week of this show, we update you on everything happening with our local schools, their sports teams, and our community at large. It's all part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post, and this week, we're actually writing previews and releasing schedules. Mike, I absolutely loved your feature on the Long Beach State women's basketball defense, mostly because we haven't been able to write anything like that in almost a year. It's a good team, and we're actually able to go to the games and tell people why they're good. Yeah, that's and as you know, I'm a real nerd on this side of sports stuff. I love learning about the history of schemes and systems, and so uh, it was a ton of fun getting to ask about how that got passed down from generation to generation, and uh, that's why they're number six in the country in steals. That's why they're off to their best start in 15 years, and I definitely hope everyone uh, goes and checks that one out. Well, they have a massive, massive series this weekend against UC Davis. It's really a first place showdown in the Big West. And since basically all you're going to get to play this year is conference schedules, it's really important to do well in your conference. Tyler, you've gotten out to those games as well. They're, they're just a fun team to watch because they play with so much joy. No, for sure. And, and the other thing about them that I think is, is so fun to watch is that it could kind of really be anybody on any given night. You know, I mean, we've, we've certainly seen the, the stalwarts and the, the leaders like uh, Justina King that have always been, um, you know, kind of the, the consistent playmakers, but, you know, I mean, Jasmine Hardy, the past couple of weeks has really been a standout and led the team in scoring. Naomi Hunt has, you know, shown a capability to take over the game. Uh, Makai Berry has been super efficient, you know, um, Mira Joseph has big games, you know, it, it's uh it's just a real team that has good chemistry and it's infectious, you know, to when you watch them play, you, you're always thinking like, Oh, I'm, I'm excited to watch the next game and see how they can improve. Cause you can see that they're getting better and, uh, and working together and they're still not full strength. They haven't had the full roster playing together healthy. And, and if that does come together, um, we, you know, we think it could be a special bunch in the conference and we're going to find out a lot of information this weekend. Looking forward to those couple games against UC Davis. So we will obviously have full coverage from those games, article, photos, video highlights, so that you can see how well they've been playing and hopefully them get to the top of the Big West Conference. Now we got to timestamp it. It's 2 o'clock on a Wednesday. Anything can happen between now and then. You know, we've seen games canceled hours before tip-off, so fingers crossed. But right now, with that women's team at home, the men's team also back from their two-week pause, the second one they've had this season. And they're hoping that they're going to be able to travel up to UC Davis to play their series as well. So Long Beach State, a lot of action, right? Even more action coming down the pike because we got the Long Beach State Dirtbag schedule released this week. And it's an interesting one. No non-conference, all Big West stuff. It's going to be a 40-game schedule. And it's going to be a four-game series every weekend. So that means when Long Beach State goes to Hawaii for their season opener on March 19th, they'll play Friday, a doubleheader on Saturday, and then on Sunday. The same will be the case on March 26th when they come back to Bull Diamond at Blair Field for their home opener against Cal State Northridge. One Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday. We're going to talk to Dirtbags head coach Eric Valenzuela in just a minute about that schedule and everything going on right now with his program. They're so excited to be back. But the first question I asked him when I released the story was, how do you, how do you feel about this? And his response was depth. It's going to be a competition of depth, mostly pitching, because you're going to have to have your staff pretty solid to go four games in three days. Well, that's, I think that's a terrific point. That was my thought as well. You know, it's advantage to the quote unquote more talented or better team, the more games you play. You know, we see a lot in, especially in high school baseball, those one-offs, anything can happen. 
But the more games that you play in a series, the more that the cream rises to the top, so to speak. So the depth will be key in the pitching staff. So really, you look at this, this seems like advantage Long Beach State. You know, the they've got the, you know, the pitching guru, um, as Andy Fee calls him, uh, Coach Eric Valenzuela. And we saw how effective that pitching staff was in that abbreviated 2020 season was one of the best in the country. So that's certainly an advantage. And then when it gets to that fourth starter, teams that are a little short on arms start to get exposed and that bullpen starts to get taxed. So, you know, that'll definitely be a key, the keeping arms fresh and building them up, you know, building them up with a limited practice time. And we'll, we'll talk with coach a lot more about that strategy and how he's going to get that done this season. We're also monitoring the potential return of high school sports, as we talked about last week uh, and the week before we're hoping for that February 17th date that we could have more league cross country returning uh, to the parks and or campuses of Long Beach. Uh, just one more green light at this point, I believe they're waiting for from the health department. The school district has signed off. The state health department has signed off. The state CIF has signed off. The county health department has signed off. And now the school district has signed off. Uh, so as soon as, the, uh, as soon as the city health department gives them that final green light, uh, that will obviously be the biggest news story we've had in maybe 10 months on the 562.org. So you'll see that all over, but um, stay tuned. We are hoping as we record this on a Wednesday afternoon that we're just one week away from the return of high school sports, um, a little bit more than 11 months after uh, they were shut down in the middle of March of 2020. So fingers crossed, knocking on all the wood, um, say your prayers, throw the salt over your shoulder, Help me out, guys. What other practices do we have here uh, in Italy? Don't walk under ladders. In Italy, avoid if, black cats. Uh, if a bird poops on you, so maybe I'll go uh, hang out at the park. And I don't. I'm not quite that committed, I guess. But <laughs> we're yeah. Find we're, uh, find a find a peacock in a tree near a car wash. That's your that's your best bet. <laughs> Naples Rib Company is back open for outdoor dining. We're so happy to see uh, a lot of our friends who work there uh, able to go back out and, uh, and, and, you know, work in person, letting people have that night out of the house uh, safely and responsibly with social distancing, obviously. But uh, if you can, if you're, if you're doing outdoor dining, get down to Naples Rib Company, make sure you tip everyone generously. Um, it's so great for people to have a chance to, uh, to, to be back out there. Um, or if you're like my family and you're still staying indoors, you can visit ribcompany.com or you can give them a call uh, and get your order in for pickup. We've been doing a lot of pickup dinners from some of our favorite restaurants, but none of them do a better job of supporting local sports, local schools, local teams, and local media outlets like us, uh, the Naples Rib Company. Dave Rossini, such a great supporter uh, of ours and of so many organizations throughout the city. So I hope that you'll support them the same way that they've supported us. Um, you know, even in such a tough time for the business, Dave never called us. He never asked to stop running ads with us. He never said he wanted to pause stuff or wait for football to come back. Um, you know, he's a big part of why we've been able to be still here writing the stories that we've been writing, um, about the local schools and kids and teachers and everyone else. So please get down to NaplesRibCompany.com for outdoor dining or visit ribcompany.com or give them a call to get your to-go order in today. We now bring on our special guest for the week, Long Beach State Dirtbags coach Eric Valenzuela. And we've got no time for a fancy intro, coach. It's time to get back to work. You're literally standing outside of Walter Pyramid handing out equipment to the boys right now, huh? We are compliant, first off, handing out equipment <laughs> um, to all of our guys right here in front of the pyramid. There's Coach Peters right there. What's up, we Peter? Are wearing, we're wearing gloves. 
we're uh, wearing masks and we're seeing a lot of smiles from dirtbags right now getting their uh, getting their equipment, getting ready to roll come Tuesday. Oh man, that is absolutely thrilling. It must feel so amazing to just have a schedule right now. Oh man, it is. It's it's uh, we're we're so pumped. I mean, believe me, it was like two the last two days with the coaches. We're putting, uh, you know, we spent about eight hours in the in the pyramid, putting all of this gear together and t- organizing it, putting it in bags. And man, you don't know how happy I was to be able to even do that, man. It was just, uh, it's been awesome. And just to see their faces today, coming by, and, and literally they couldn't even get out of their car. Um, we were just putting it in the back in their trunks, and we're continuing to do that till two o'clock today. I'm so excited, and and these guys, we've been through so much, and uh, you know, hey, there, you know, we still going to test three times a week we still have a lot of uh you know a lot of hoops that we got to jump through and we got to be good and we got to make good choices and decisions but we're just excited that there's a start date and, and uh we're preparing for sure well and, and you and i have talked about this coach but uh you know all of us have had to adjust to being inside and being, being at home for basically a year now but i think that has a biggest impact on coaches that are are used to being either at games or you know traveling with their teams recruiting all over the country uh and now you've gotten so much more time with your family so what's what's that adjustment been like and how ready are you to uh get back to what you're used to and and being out and and on a baseball field for most days of the year no you're right man you know there's a lot of good and bad you know the good is obviously being able to you know take this time for the first time in my kids lives right i mean this is my 20th season at division one level coaching and you know, it's a, it's a, every single day, there's not, there's no vacation, you know, and so there's no time off. And so that means there's limited time with your family. So obviously um, being able to spend time with my young kids and my wife has just been, you know, is tremendous, but on the backside of it, when you have, you know, when you have 35, 40 other sons that you, you raise as help raise as well, man, that's, that's uh, you know, you're missing something. And, um, and that's how we've, we've felt for this long you know, the Zoom meetings are great. You know, that individual attention where we can phone these guys, FaceTime these guys has been awesome. But it's nothing like being on the field. It's nothing like being in the weight room. It's nothing like the grind, you know, being in our offices, just working. The recruiting part of it, you know, I have to give, you know, tremendous credit to our coaching staff, Coach Costanza, Coach Peters, Coach Damon. I mean, we've, uh, from a recruiting side of things, I mean, it's been unbelievable. It's been great, even this time where we haven't been able to go out and watch games. But just the social media, the use of video, the connections that we have with coaches, high school, travel ball, JC coaches has just been phenomenal. So we've, you know, we've really done, a, I feel we've done a really good job. I got, I know our guys have been working hard on their own and they've had a lot of challenges, but look, we're never, I think I, you know, I told JJ this before, we ain't using this as an excuse. Look, we're, we're going to be the last team in the country to be on the field practicing and we're, you know, and, and I don't care, you know, and our guys don't care. You know, we're going to find a way to be successful. We're going to work hard and and when we get on the, on the field come March 19th, we'll be, we'll be prepared to uh, play good baseball, that's for sure. Coach, you mentioned how happy uh, you and the rest of the staff are to see the kids. Um, you know, we've tried to sort of put a face on what the kids have been going through at the collegiate and at the high school level. Um, can you just give us a sense of how happy the, you know, your players were to be back or maybe some stories you heard of how frustrated guys were during the shutdown? You know, what, what does this mean to them to be able to be back out there? Yeah. You know, look, if, if they were frustrated when, and we all were, and we all are, or, you know, I mean, obviously, but, but there was no emotion shown. I mean, there was never any conversations of guys, you know, being, uh, um, you know, being angry and blaming and pointing fingers that just wasn't our approach and isn't, and it never will be our approach. 
you know, what they've had to go through, I think, is only going to make them tougher. I think, uh, you know, having to find places to play, right, having to find places to not to play, to practice, having to find places to work out, having to be safe, you know, um, just all of these challenges, um, you know, are only going to help us. And it's going to help our team. It's going to help us come together. It's going to help our character. You know, it's going to help our program move forward. Um, all of these things, we just have to look at it as a positive. You know, we're not going to look at it negative. And you know what? You know, there could be some bumps in the road as we play, right? I mean, you're talking, you know, we have a big group of guys on our team that they're going to have to test three days a week. You've seen basketball and, and um, some tough stretches that they've had. So, again, um, we just have to prepare them, you know, for those times and, and understand that when, you know, when there's a tough, when there's a bump in the road, I mean, we just got to keep forward and, and uh, be positive with it, not point fingers, and, and we'll be fine. Um, but I mean, I had to find places to work out and find places, you know, I, I told them that this is a snapshot, you know, into minor league baseball. These guys want to play professional baseball and that's what minor leaguers do. I know you guys interview a lot of minor league baseball players in the off season and that's what they do, right? They're trying to find places to work out. They're going to high school fields. They're going to indoor facilities. They're going to 24 hour fitness. They're finding ways to get better, to prepare themselves for spring training. And that was our motto to our guys is look, you're just getting a quick snapshot as to what to prepare for. You know, for some guys in a couple months after the season, you know, and next year and the year after. And so, um, you know, you guys will be more prepared for that. So we just, you know, we're just not going to look at it on the bad side. We're going to look at it on a positive and, and, uh, and that's just the way we're going to do it. Well, before you get to that season and we'll talk about the schedule in just a second, you got to organize these practices. Are you looking at it like these are practices we've never done before? This is completely original and we have to go at it with an original plan. Or are you going to try to get back to normalcy and kind of have practices at Bull Diamond at Blair Field like you guys did last year before your successful season? Well, no, I think you have to be really strategic with one month, you know, of practice pretty much to get yourself ready to play your first game. And it's in conference. So when you're not playing a non-conference season, you know, not that each not that there's more games important than the others. But when you're early in a non-conference season, you know, you, you look to get to guys to see what they can do to prepare yourself for, for conference. And we just don't have that luxury. So we have to really be strategic as to what we're going to do these, these next four weeks or five weeks before we go to Hawaii. And, you know, we've put our heads together. We're grinding every day as to what, what is important with the amount of guys we have, making sure that they get the proper reps. Um, and so again, our days are, you know, these guys get out of school at 12, 15. I mean, we've kind of already done some practice times for next week. And you're talking us being on the field from, you know, us as coaches being on the field from, you know, probably 1230 until about eight o'clock at night. And not that the, the entire team will be on there, but they're going to be in smaller groups as compliant to their times, but it's just going to be in different segments throughout the day. So that way they can get that proper, you know, that proper time, those proper reps, um, instead of having that big group out there for three or four hours and them not getting that. So again, it's just going to be strategic in how we do it, being really smart in how we're you know, going to utilize our time that we have. And we'll do that. And, and like I said, I mean, when we come, come March 19th, we'll be ready um, to play good baseball. And um, you know, the one thing that I'm, I'm, you know, being the head coach, but also being the pitching coach, that's the, you know, the concern is obviously the arms, right. And making sure that we take care of these guys, because one thing is, you know, giving these guys some sort of a throwing program that they've been doing on their own or, you know, them trusting that they're going to go out and do it. But it's hard when your eyes aren't on them every single day. And that's the challenge, right? For me as a pitching guy is I want to keep these guys healthy, keep them safe. Um, and we're just going to take it slow. So, you know, how we start the season may be a little different how than it would in the, you know, in, in the past and in the future when we have all that time in non-conference to get their arms 
you know, ready to go for conference time. And so that'll be an adjustment, but I'm, I like our depth. And I think, uh, you know, from a pitching side of things, we'll have, we'll give guys opportunities and, and uh, you know, it, it, it'll be fun to watch. Well, and it's interesting coach, because, you know, it feels like, you know, we, we've known you for years and you've been here for, for, for a long time in Long Beach, but this is going to be, when you start this season, it's going to be your first conference game that you've coached at Long Beach yeah. State. You didn't get a chance to do it last year. And, and so you only played non-conference and then now you're only going to play conference. So uh, in two years, you'll put a whole season together, but uh, <laughs> the interesting thing, uh, and you mentioned the arms and that was kind of the first thing that, that I thought about when you're looking at these four game uh, weekend series, you know, with the double header on Saturdays, how does, yeah, and maybe you don't want to, you know, overplay your hand, but, you know, how do, how do you navigate that with, you know, especially early in the season when arms might not be fully stretched out and, and which game is your, your sort of midweek game, which game's your Friday game, you know, how do you try to line up your rotation and make sure that you're, um, you know, you're putting your best arms out there at the right times? Well, I've done this a long time, man. And, and I've, I've always, you know, when you start trying to strategize what, you know, to little things like that, like you get to a regional, what are you going to do that opening game? And are you going to start your, you're going to slough it and throw your third guy to try to get you a better chance to win that thing outright. When you start playing those games, you know, what kind of message are you sending to your team? What kind of message, you know, are you sending to the other team that can use that as motivation for us? I, I like our arms. I like our team. I'll match us up with anybody on any Friday and any doubleheader and any Sunday. And so we're going to play, you know, I have no intention of doing anything other than playing our best guys Friday. The game two guys, game two guys are going to play game three and game four. I'm, we're not, we don't fear anybody. I don't fear who we're fa- I don't. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, if our starters are going to go three innings, they better throw three good innings and the next guy's going to come up, get the ball and do the same thing. I mean, that's that's how you do it. And, and that's our culture. And that's our motto. And, you know, we don't fear anybody. And so there's not going to be any strategic except you got to beat our best guys today. And that's just it. And tomorrow you're going to have to beat our best guys who are available. And that's, that's just how we do it. So that's a, that's an on field strategy question from Tyler. I have an off field strategy question, which is, you know, you were hired, uh, you brought your whole staff in, you guys had such great success right away. You know, you get up to, I believe it was number 17 in the country when the season ends. Um, and then you, you were frustrated. We were frustrated. It just was what it was right. That then it just sort of, it, everything stops all of a sudden and all that great momentum and all those great feelings in the city and at Blair and, you know, everywhere, it just sort of has to go on pause for a year. What do you do to try and make sure that that's still the feeling, you know, when you guys come out there that it's like, yeah, this is a program everyone should be excited about, even though, as Tyler mentioned, you haven't coached a big West game yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, you weren't yeah. able to get the season in. How do you kind of approach it from a, a program perspective? Well, I, I think the taste that our older guys got last year was was really evident as to how they, you know, took took this portion of it, right, and, and how they conducted themselves during this time, how they were positive, um, you know, in all of our meetings and our Zoom talks. I think that just carried over, you know, um, from the season. The expectation has always been high here. You guys have been part of this program and been doing, uh, you know, working with this, with the university for years and years. The expectations are through the roof. We know that. Our players know that. Um, so nothing's changed in that aspect of things. Um, we really, as a coaching staff, sorry for the planes here. Um, 
It's, you know, it, it comes with the building, Coach. I was just going to say, yeah. Coach, you just said it. We've been working here long enough to know. Yeah, if you're yeah, standing yeah. outside Walter Pyramid, 50-50 chance you get the flyby. I, I, see, I saw I you walking around right, the pyramid like three, when we come we on. Like, we have like three minutes to just get a, get a good one in right now before the next one. So. Well, I, that's, I, I'm, I'm laughing when I saw you walking outside the pyramid. I go, okay, 12-15. Yeah, okay, so we've got the lunchtime rush coming in from the bay, you know. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But um, um, the taste that these guys had last year, um, you know, and the work that they put in um, has definitely carried over to, to, you know, this stretch right here where it's been very difficult. But just their positive, you know, and how they are and, and how they've been with the younger guys as well, just via Zoom and, and those type of things. You know, I, I'm not worried about it one bit. You know, I trust what we do as a coaching staff. I trust what we do as a program. Um, is this a hiccup? Is this tough? I really believe – that what we do in the fall, you know, as a coaching staff with our program is, uh, is at an elite level. I really believe that. I think our practices and what we do and how detailed we are. So, so taking that away from us this year, um, you know, I think it, you know, obviously it hurts um, and it hurts us as a program, but you know what? Um, it's just the way it is. And we're just going to have to uh, adapt and, and, you know, hopefully next, next year we'll in the fall, we'll be able to have that clean slate fall where we do it the right way and the way, but, but again, I, I, uh, I'm excited. The expectation is through the roof. Our new guys, you know, it's good for our new guys as well, our freshmen and JC transfers to come in and see the success in that short amount of time we had last year because now, you know, that's the, that's the expectation. You know, it really is. And, and um, you know, so, again, it's an exciting time for dirtbag baseball, um, and I'm excited to finally get on the field and, and get to work. So you just mentioned it, trying to lead – who are you expecting on the field to lead? You've got such quality returning guys. Is there mm -hmm. a group that you're thinking is just kind of like going to take the reins a little bit? Well, yeah. I mean, we hope guys like, uh, you know, Calvin Estrada, Aiden Malm, Sonny Rivera, Tyler Porter, you know, Chase Luttrell, you know, Connor Cox. I mean, you could name them. I mean, Cole Joy's back, you know, Greeley's back, you know, Ramirez, Ruiz. I mean, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of guys. Devereaux Harrison is back, you know, I mean, that guy, He's electric at the end. I mean, there's nobody you want to give the ball to at the end of a game than him, man. He's tough as nails. You know, then you got additions like Connor Burns, who's, who was arguably the best high school catcher in the country, come, you know, that went to school. Um, you know, and him being under some older guys that have that experience. You know, I mean, you just – you have, uh, um, you know, Ricky Dessa is another guy, man. I mean, that, that's – you got all these guys that have experience. They're hungry. Um, you know, they know – that this is their last hurrah and, and um, some of these guys obviously have potential to play um, at the next level as well in professional baseball. You have guys like Alex Pinmentel as well, who is just a superstar in the making, man. I mean, it, it's, it's exciting again, you know, um, how hard did they work, you know, in the off season, right. Or, or during this whole time, I mean, have they been grinding, have they been, you know, and the harder they've worked, that means when we get on the field, it's, they can hit the ground running and we can get, you know, to be a better baseball team faster. So that's the challenge, and that's what we're going to see come Tuesday and then as we move forward. But I trust that these guys, uh, you know, have, have put the, you know, put the grind to it and, and um, you know, and, and that are really excited to, to get going again. So we've obviously talked all year about how the COVID pandemic has changed everything for your roster, how many people you're trying to bring in, how many people are leaving and all that stuff. So you've got a big roster. How many, how many guys do you have on the roster right now? Yeah, we're going to be about 50. 50. Yep. So mm -hmm. how do you tell the young kids coming into a program where you've got mm -hmm. so many established guys, mm -hmm. wait, your, wait your turn? How do you tell kids to wait yeah. your turn? 
No, that's great. And here, and here's here's the background of this thing. And and um, you know, as usually, obviously, we wouldn't be at this. We wouldn't be at a fifty number when it comes. You know, when we're a month away from the season or whatever it may be. Um, but what normally happens in a regular season, you know, in a regular year is we'll always bring in between you know forty and forty-five guys in a fall. You know, and there's a thirty-five man roster, right? So we'll usually bring that number in because we want to create competition within our program. I mean, there's, you know, just because you've come in maybe one year, you know, you got to continue. There's going to be guys that want to take your spot. We're trying to build the best program here. So we're going to bring guys and have them have opportunities to make our 35 man club. And they, you know, they wore it out all fall. And at the end of the fall, we make decisions and, and we keep the best 35 guys, you know, and there's no line to any of them, right? They, they know there's guys that come in and we say, Hey, we're going to give you the fall to try to be the best 35 guys on this team and we'll make decisions. Well, in this case, we didn't have a fall. So, you know, and then remember, you got to count the guys, you know, we were making the, you know, we had these decisions made on guys way before the pandemic even hit. Right. So we had guys committed, signed, and then this, you know, everybody gets their year back. So you got the seniors back now. And then, and so you're going to have a little bit bigger group, but then what happened was we didn't have a fall. Okay. So now what are we going to do? We're going to just, you know, we're going to cut guys or send guys off that didn't even get an opportunity to, you know, to play in front of us or practice in front of us or work out or show us what they got. So what decision was I going to make? And I said, you know what? I talked to Andy and, and I said, Andy, I, I just don't think it's fair, man. I, I, I want to see these guys. We recruited these guys for a reason. I want to see these guys. And so we didn't. We, we, uh, we didn't cut anybody. And we said, hey, the NCAA gave us this waiver that, that there's no limit on how many guys for this one year. So let's keep them, you know, and, and we're going to have to manage it. And I told guys, look, you guys understand that when we come back after the fall and into the spring, there's going to be a big group. Some guys may redshirt. Some guys may not play at all. That's your decision. If you want to, you know, if you want to leave and you want to go to a junior college, I totally get it. If you want to go to a lower division, I totally get it. Just let me know and I'll help you find a place to play because I understand you didn't, you didn't, you know, and not anybody, nobody made that decision. They're all in coach. No way. I'm all in, you know, and, and again, yes, you're right. That's the challenge, right? How are we going to keep everybody engaged, you know, for the months? How are we going to keep them engaged when they are told that they're going to redshirt this year? How are we going to keep them making good choices, right? And, and not getting, you know, COVID um, when they're not traveling to Hawaii, you know what I mean? So again, Hey, I'm putting faith in these guys. We're giving these guys opportunities as well. So we're all in this thing together and we're going to see if we can do it together. And, and so, um, um, but again, you know, I mean, that's going to make it's going to make for tough choices by the end of the year. Right. Before coming in the fall, because we also got another group of guys coming in next fall. So um, tough choices ahead, but good choices. And we have good players um, and they're going to battle it out. And we're just trying to make the best, uh, you know, the best program out here for for all of our fans, alums and uh, school. I'm just going to put out there. I think uh, we should start lobbying for a big West like AAA system. You know, that's, that's like you guys are all going to be carrying two pretty good baseball teams, you know, at this point. So it's a bit, yeah. you know, maybe you bring them up you call them down, you know, depending on injuries, <laughs> whatever else, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the one thing we just, uh, you know, we have depth. I, I like uh, I like this group a lot. You know, we've I, I feel like we've done a really good job. Our coaches have done a good job to bring good kids in here that are not only great baseball players, but good people to, you know, to match what was already here when we got here and those coaches that were here before us did such an outstanding job of bringing in such good kids. Um, and that really helped us in our first year, you know, I mean, that really did. I mean, it wasn't anything magic we did. We just, we were inherited a, a, a great group of kids and, 
you know, we put our system in place and, and uh, you know, in that short amount of time, they were able to do some pretty cool things. And so hopefully this continues moving forward. And, you know, and I love the support. I mean, this is this is big time baseball, man. We go and recruit. It's been unbelievable. I mean, this is, you know, power five college baseball right here in our own, you know, in, in Long Beach. And um, I've just never been so proud to be part of uh, something so special like this. Mike, I, I love that idea. I think the AAA dirtbags could play on the campus field if it's uh, if it's all. And that is, yeah, and I've been walking through that right. I've been walking by there right now with all this equipment stuff. I mean, this thing is like it's like Dodger Stadium out there. Wow. <laughs> Uh, well, and, and not just, uh, you know, not just that, that facility as well, but the, the upgrades continue at, at Bull Diamond at Blair Field. We got a story coming on the website um, that I, I spoke uh, to you about, the, um, the new, yep. new bullpen setup. But, uh, give fans kind of a rundown. Of how does that yep. look and, and how excited are you to, to have the, the new bells and whistles of the, uh, of the new scientific bullpen, the, the Steve Traxel bullpen that's going in? Yeah, man, we're, we're so pumped. Um, you know, we got two big you know, projects going in, you know, um, we got the bullpen, the Steve Traxel bullpen that's down the third base line. That's going to be all turf. It's going to have a bunning area down there where it's going to be like line field down there with the bullpens that's connected to it. Um, we're going to have three mounds up there. One of the mounds are going to be a turf mound um, because look, we're going to play at places that potentially have turf mounds as well. Right. I mean, Vanderbilt, um, you know, has a turf mound. I mean, there's a lot of places that that we could potentially play that has that obviously weather too. I mean, being able to have that. So that's a luxury for us, um, you know, and there's a lot of room down there. So it's just going to make it look nicer. Um, it's going to be a great workstation for the pitchers as well. There's a lot of room down there. So we're excited about that. Um, you know, Maryland bowl again has been so unbelievable for us as well as Steve Traxel amongst others. Um, and then we have our, you know, we're, we're spending a ton uh, um, um, on a, uh, you know, on a good video, the most, unbelievable video uh, system that baseball has with bats it's called bats these cameras are in and it's uh you know it's it's just a system to where our guys can watch different angles obviously um you know we can see you know analytics um and just really break it down with these guys and and so that's really exciting so you know those uh those two projects steve Traxel bullpen and the the camera system is a big plus as we walk you know as we come into to this season Okay, Coach, before we let you go, we have to ask, because we're really going to ask every coach this as we get going again. We can talk about keys to the season and all that stuff, but really the most important thing is what to you and your program is a successful season? Is it just finishing? Is it getting through the whole thing without any stops? Is it going to the College World Series, or is it just winning the conference games? I don't know. I don't even think anybody knows, but it's a question we're going to ask everybody. So what constitutes yeah. a successful season for the Dirtbags this year? Well, I'm a competitor. I want to win the College World Series. I mean, that's what that's what Andy Fee hired me to do is to come here and take this team to Omaha and win the College World Series. So that's always going to be our goal and ultimate goal. I mean, you know, what's the politically correct answer, you know, to that question? <laughs> Probably, you know, to continue to to grow this program, right? I mean, to continue to 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 feed off of. I mean, I guess I would say, you know, if there's any fear to anything, it's that you know we were so you know in such a short amount of time last year we were successful, right? Being ranked and and, um, you know, getting feeling like it's it's back in place um, or where it should be. Um, and then, you know, having this time off, you know, is it going to affect that momentum? Um, so, again, what's successful is getting to Omaha, winning a national championship. But on top of that, the only way to do that is to continue to move forward and continue to build and continue to grind. And so um, and to continue to get better. And that's the challenge right now is in order for us to get to Omaha and, and 
win a national championship, we have to play good baseball. And in order to play good baseball, we have to utilize one month of practice season to get us ready to go for conference. And so I think we'll be there. I think we'll, I think we'll be ready, um, you know, come March 19th to be a really good baseball team. Hey, fuck the politically correct answer. I like your answer better. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of our goals, right? I mean, come on, man. Quality, quality stuff, coach. We're going to let you get back to handing out that equipment to the boys. Tell all of them that we I know said my hello. coaches are looking at me like, you set this up all right during <laughs> this time on purpose so you didn't have to help. You can blame us. You, you tell them you blame us. And then when we finally get to see you guys, we'll, we'll talk about awesome. it, okay? Uh, yeah. Love you guys, man. Thank you guys so much for all your continued support, man. And um, I know our, our boys love it. And, and um, you know, we, we uh, this is something special that you guys do that. And I know it was your guys' uh, – I think it was your anniversary, your birthday, whatever it was. That's so awesome. And I just – I've never been – I've been at a lot of different places as a player and as a coach. And, uh, you know, the support that you give, not only this university, but, but the city of Long Beach and the youth sports, high school sports, junior college is just first class. And – they couldn't have better people to do it, even though you stole one guy from us. But um, <laughs> no, man. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate you. Thanks, Coach. Yeah. 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 So much for you do. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. We'd also like to send a special thank you to our newest sponsor, Ocean Law Center. Visit OceanLawCenter.com or check the ad on our website to get their phone number and give them a call. They are helping injured people and their families. Thank you to Ocean Law Center for their support of local sports coverage. I know this is going to make me sound old, but this generation of football fans is so spoiled to hear everybody after the Super Bowl last weekend being like, oh, man, that was such a crappy game. It's like, yeah, man, that's how we grew up. The Super Bowl was always the worst game of the year. And then you get like seven good ones in a row and everybody thinks that's normal. No, that's just that was old hat for me. I lost all my bets. The game was crappy. It was, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. These kids wouldn't have survived the 90s, man. The Super Bowl is terrible every year, man. <laughs> but I think we need – I think we kind of, like, needed it. You know, and after, I think the buildup of after, you know, how crappy the year before was, it's like we were hoping that we would get that spectacle, you know, and that excitement, and it really let us down. And I think the other reason that it was so annoying is because, especially in that first half, there were just some plays, some flags that you're just like – Come on, man. Like it, that, that for me always, whenever the, the referees get too involved and it's either reviews or flags, it always takes the wind out of the sails. And it really felt that way in the first half. And it just, the game never recovered. But I mean, it's not like Tampa Bay didn't deserve to win. I mean, they were all over Mahomes, you know, every I, right. single play. And they but get I, credit for that. But the, generally, the game just, it just felt. Oh, the game know, sucked. It just didn't I mean, real. Yeah. Yeah. No, the game sucked, and it's especially disappointing, like you said, because this was like the LeBron-Kobe finals that we never got, right? I mean, this was the the old goat, the young goat. This is what we were looking for with, with uh, Brady and Mahomes. But I hate when the refs end up insinuating themselves in the story like that because even though it's clear watching the whole game that the Tampa Bay front seven, right, the Tampa Bay defense is why – they won that game. Not that Brady didn't have a good game, but it was clearly a game that belonged to the Bucks defense who shut out everyone, who shut out Aaron Rodgers, who shut out Drew Brees, who shut out Tom Brady, uh, or who shut out Pat Mahomes, you know, to get, uh, to get that Super Bowl win. Um, so many people just walk away with that taste in their mouth of like, oh, but the refs were, you know, stamping themselves on the game too much in the first half. And I always feel bad when that happens, you know, like um, we got to know Antonio Pierce quite well when he was coaching at Poly. And everyone remembers that um, Giants upset of the Patriots. They remember the pass rush. 
you remember Michael Strahan, um, you know, an OC and, you know, maybe you remember the helmet catch and Eli as well, but it's just cleaner when those memories don't involve being angry at officials. <laughs> it was right. also a reminder that I have a tough time listening to non-football fans talk football. Everybody told me that the Chiefs offensive line was bad. It's like, guys, <laughs> one of these dudes was literally on waiver wires before the season started and then was on them again during the season. So I think I may have done better than Patrick Mahomes if you gave me the Chiefs' actual starting offensive line than him working with that offensive line. I mean, that's real That's real tough, dude. If you just go back and watch some of the clips, the kid is running for his life with turf toe. Well, that <laughs> And well, he's not, not just turf toe. He's uh, he's already undergone surgery to uh, repair an issue in um, in his plantar plate, which is I mean that's a three or four month recovery. I mean, he had I think it footage. I think it was that injury the yeah. whole year, and they just called it turf toe because people know what that means. Right, a hundred percent. But no, I mean, I think you're exactly right, and it's a good to be honest with you. I've been just been completely exhausted as always by the attempts to rank athletes and rank goats and everything else that that's gone on in the media this week. And I would just say that game is a great example of why Super Bowls are important. NBA championships, Major League Baseball championships, those are all important. I'm not suggesting they're not important, but using them as the primary metric to judge greatness by is so stupid because what did Pat Mahomes do wrong in that game? Right? I mean, like, I don't know how you watch that game and go, oh, Tom Brady's a much better quarterback than Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is literally throwing dime passes 20 yards downfield in midair parallel to the ground you know it's just it's a team sport that's what makes it fun and that's why all of this sort of rush to rank and crown individuals in it is uh i don't know just so silly and kind of pointless to me well and it's especially silly in sports like football and baseball i think basketball you can get away with it a little bit more because there's only so many people on the court at a given time so you have more control more impact on the game which is why lebron always goes to the finals um in, in large part but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> how many but, guys but just, play just, in, in a given just, football game. It's like, you know, you can only right. do so much. But just to interject myself even there, Tyler, like Braun, you know, at the same time, Tom Brady has a pick six against the Seahawks and he gets that, you know, Tom Brady gets that as a Super Bowl win. Braun has a teammate, uh, you know, in J.R. Smith, literally forget like what direction the basket he's in and he gets that as a loss. And for whatever reason, people count that as like, well, that was proof that Brady was great and Braun didn't, can't get it done. You know, it's just like, a, it's just nonsense. Do you guys have a biggest surprise of the NFL season in your mind? Like when you look back on this year or even that game for that matter, I mean, you know, somebody 40 plus as a quarterback winning a Super Bowl, that's, that's a pretty big surprise. Them even being able to play the Super Bowl and getting through the whole season, I'd say that's a pretty big, big surprise too. Do you guys that have didn't anything? surprise me. That didn't oh, surprise really? I thought they were just pedal down, you know, put the money on the table. <laughs> I, the I thought the trunk, you know? <laughs> when they released the schedule and added the extra weeks just in case, I thought they were going to have to use those weeks. Uh, mm. I didn't know they were going to also try to take over Tuesday as a day that you play NFL football. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, so I guess that might be the biggest surprise. we got more days with football. Right. Um, I would say, I, you know, to be completely honest with you, I would just, it's boring to say it, but I would say that, you know, Tom Brady and the Bucks are, were absolutely the biggest surprise to me. I just, I keep waiting for, and as a Lakers fan, I'm waiting for it with LeBron too. You just wait for that year that, um, sorry to Tyler earmuffs, like that Peyton Manning had, that Ben Roethlisberger, obviously that we've seen, 
that Drew Brees we saw very aggressively. There's just at some point in your mid to late 30s as a quarterback where your shoulder just falls off your body, right? And I've just been waiting for that to happen for Tom Brady for, I don't know, what, four Super Bowls now or something? And, uh, you know, I, I talked about it on this podcast. Like maybe that, maybe this Super Bowl, like it was for Peyton, it's been a long season. Maybe this will be the Super Bowl where it happens to Brady and the guy goes freaking 21 and 29. I don't, there's no joy for me left in hating the guy anymore. I'm never going to root for him, but it's just like a force of nature that to me to do that at 43 years old, I'll never be able to wrap my head around that personally. I, I just, I did not see that coming at all. Well, you, you're talking no, about no. it in the late thirties yeah. thing and he definitely showed it a little bit in his late thirties. Uh, but he like, hasn't had a, a, like an ounce of sugar in a decade. You know what I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think as much as he's showing the longevity of being a good quarterback, I think he's also showing the longevity of nutrition and science and the things that you have to do when boring. Yeah. Boring for sure. (laughs) But there's a reason why that guy had one cocktail during their boat parade today. And he's completely lit. It's because (laughs) he doesn't have any sugar in his system and doesn't drink at all. So, you know, it's the sacrifice. You got to make the sacrifices. Tyler, what was your biggest surprise of the season? Well, I, I don't want to speak for Mike here, but I think he would probably sacrifice uh, limbs before he lived a life without sugar. So I think that would be. Yeah. Give me a break. Give me a break. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I hate to be predictable, but like genuinely, I think that has to be the answer. When we look back at this season, we're going to remember the fact that, you know, watched Tom Brady was like, just decided what team he wanted to go to and then went to the Super Bowl. I mean, give credit as we have to it where it's due with the, you know, Todd Bowles and, and that defense and, uh, you know, the other playmakers as well, but his ability to recruit Gronk back obviously was a good decision and worked out. AB. And, um, but yeah, I mean, solidifying himself as the, as the greatest quarterback ever with, with this continued run. And the thing that really stands out to me and is sort of in favor of rooting for players rather than tying yourselves to organizations where you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, you could, you could have been a fan of any NFL franchise for your entire life. And you would have celebrated fewer championships than if you had just been a Tom Brady fan for the last 20 years. And that that's is, just nuts. That is that's absolute, absolutely nuts. Yeah, for real. So before we get out of here, I want to get some 2021 NFL predictions on the book. Big shouts to my dad, Big Fid. He called the Bucks Super Bowl this time last year and got a nice little payday off of it. So that's cool. Um, so do you have any predictions? It doesn't have to be a Super Bowl winner. Like my prediction is I'm going to put some money on the Indianapolis Colts playing very well this season. I think they're going to get a good quarterback in the offseason, possibly Deshaun Watson, and they're going to have all that young talent back and they've got good momentum. I don't know. I think the Colts are uh, Colts are going to be a sleeper next year. What do you guys got? Uh, my prediction is that I'm going to put a hundred dollars on whoever uh, Big Finn likes. I guess um, in, <laughs> in the in the off season here, I didn't know anyone who picked the Bucks. That's incredible. Um, so get get me uh, maybe for next week's episode before we start talking basketball real heavily. Let's get Big Finn's predictions. Um, I think my prediction will be that. Uh, uh, I like Aaron Rodgers' chances of staying in Green Bay, uh, but maybe we see Russell Wilson uh, leaving Seattle. I would, that would make me very happy. That's interesting. That would make you happy. So it's an emotional hedge, basically. Oh, yeah, because I hate the Seahawks. Yes, 100%. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the emotional edge. He's been doing some talking about how he wish he had more front office uh, control this week, uh, which if you look at – I mean, he's got to be feeling kind of cheated, you know. 
He goes, how does Tom Brady get to snap his fingers and walk into a situation with the greatest tight end ever and Antonio Brown. And here I've been in Seattle and they've put, you know, basically the same type of playmakers around me uh, consistently. And then now, by the way, we don't have a dominant defense and they've still given me one receiver. <laughs> so yeah, that, that'll be my hopeful thing. Maybe uh, Russ Wilson decides to force his way out of Seattle. I like that as a long shot. What you got, Ty? Interesting. Um, I think the Matthew Stafford experiment will work with the Rams. I think the Rams will, uh, will make a deeper postseason run this year, not necessarily predicting like a Super Bowl championship, but I think the Rams are with that defense and some of the playmakers, maybe they can add a Juju Smith Schuster or someone on the outside to get more weapons, but, um, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm bullish on the Rams. Vertical. They're going to go vertical. I like, I like those picks. Uh, I unfortunately, as a Niners fan, I'm also bullish on the Rams. I, I think that's a great pickup for them. I think um, Matt Stafford's a little bit in that, not at the same level, but kind of similar to when I was on the podcast saying like, you're crazy to not give up everything for Anthony Davis, right. For the Lakers. I just think like Matt Stafford's a lot better than people understand he is because he's been playing on a team that no one watches, you know, well, what I mean? and but those two guys <laughs> that you mentioned, both very good individually, no playoff wins. So right. that's, and a, so that's you, a good you, parallel. Of course he wants to go team up with a great coach and a franchise that's shown, I mean, they may not have a first round draft pick until 2060, but they're going to aggressively surround their quarterback with talent. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I like them honestly coming out of the NFC next year. I think that's, uh, that's a team with a, a huge upside. Sweet. I'll record this down, make sure we save it and talk about our predictions next year, but I'm actually really excited to get into some NBA talk down the stretch here. Um, the NBA has been really entertaining to watch and, uh, and it's always fun when your team is the best. So we will definitely be talking about that. We got to get back to work though. We got coverage to do. So for Mike and for Tyler and for JJ, for everybody at 562.org and the Long Beach Post who help get up all of our stories, this show, and everything else, local sports coverage. Thank you. Stay safe, everybody. We're almost out of this thing. Take care.